Hey, yeah, right, pal. I'm a right pal, except for the fact that I've been walking around like King Jong Un for the last four days, and now it's Jemima Puddleluck. Uh, it's a Mac, Mac and Murley's. I imagine you look like a uh, sumo wrestler if you're in the nod with your third trimester hanging out. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? I've never been happier. Yeah, top nod, top nod, top knot, and then my my sort of very sort of baggy triangular boobs that are just resting on top of my huge mound in the middle. Can't see my fanny for toffee. And then just, yeah, barefoot. And I occasionally put on a sort of, you know, thong. Have you, um, it's a really unattractive like, look, just, and then care. And then we play with the husband, find the thong. You find the thong, yeah. Because it's just, it must be so buried and so Winner hidden. gets dinner. Winner gets dinner. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Um, oh, dear. Do, you, do you get swollen feet? No, I don't. Do you get swollen flaps? No, although I did with my firstborn. I got a really swollen fan. I've got the remember? pictures you used to send me. I used to yeah, send you pictures so, of my swollen feet in a baking tray being cooled down with ice and you used to send me uh, pictures, pictures of, your... of my swollen flaps. Yeah, luckily, actually, on this occasion, I haven't had any of those sort of side effects, but I do think my teeth are rotting and I've got a very, very lively sprog inside me. Yeah? It's constant. It's through the night. It's in the morning. It's 24-7. I can't I wait thrilled. for you to yeah. have... I, I really, it. I can't I wait. I know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I cannot wait. She deserves wait. to have a really active child because her, her current one's really chilled and so actually she deserves to have a horrible, horrible time. <laughs> Thanks, Shirley. Yeah. Absolutely. Spot on. Listen, listen, Spot let's on. just put our woes to one side because we're really excited, aren't we? We're very excited. We have got a guest on this week and not any old guest. Shirley, tell us more. Now, our next guest has come at just the right time for Shirley and myself and our respective growing bumps. Um, she's a doula, also an active birth yoga teacher, author of How to Have a Baby, Why Home Birth Matters, and founder of Tell Me a Good Birth Story, which is a website designed to help mothers through labour. Please welcome Natalie Meddy. <laughs> Natalie, welcome, welcome. Ah, thank you. So thank lovely you. to see you and to have you on. It really is. <laughs> I know, because we, yeah, we met at quite a big time in your life. We did. So for, you know, ladies and gents and those who identify as other, I know Natalie. I've introduced her into the mother funk full because I had two brilliant consultations with you pre-labour back in 2018. And I have to say, you know, you were extremely helpful, giving me a very realistic sort of overview of the various stages of labour. You were fantastic preparing my, um, I like to call him my unwilling, willing partner, but he's actually just my husband slash boyfriend. And it was great. It was great because you actually came to the house, you looked at the house, you looked at various patches in the house. You were very helpful in terms of, you know, giving me a realistic view of what it would be like through labour because actually a lot of it is done by yourself so thank you very much and I just for those of you who don't know what a doula is Natalie would you mind just in a few sentences just letting people know what a doula is please that's always the hardest question I know I know yeah yeah Uh, and actually can I sort of preempt it a little bit because if I start saying there's there's a standard definition but I think it sends everybody to sleep which is we are non-clinical support you know it's all like that kind of thing and I think it's much more to the point to explain that I think I'm a demystifier if I'm honest like a sort of demystifier 
of birth. So it's not as um, as simple as, oh, yes, I come to soothe and yes, I come to bring confidence and yes, I'm there to protect the mother from disturbance. But it's more than that. I, I think the place to start, you started it actually, when you just said, I'm really glad to hear it felt realistic to you. Yeah. And I think an extra word to realistic would be a kind of sort of removing the mystery in the sense, removing the mystique, removing the... Because birth takes place in these four white walls of a hospital, but for most people have a conception of it there. They then don't take ownership of it. They go to classes and we think we're taking ownership of it, but we don't truly go, oh, I'm going to do this. This is this. It's really hard to truly get into that sense of... Because there's so much, I don't know, like... I always think it's like got as much mystique as it a hundred years ago extramarital sex would have done. You know, it's like a, it's a sort of, oh, do you work in birth? Like I get, I get that kind of. Yeah. Midwives have it too. We have a sort of. I'd be wrong to say glamour because it's definitely not glamour, but it's like a kind of you work in an area that people don't really understand, so they, it's a bit taboo filled and stuff like that. So I think in terms of um, my main job is that I turn up whether it's for birth preparation as I did for you or whether I'm in person to help in the labour mm. or both, it's to ground the mother in the reality of, um, not, not in a, right, this is what it's going to be like, but just to make her realise that she has, she can be in charge of it. Yeah. And it's not scary because it's her body. And then once you put it in those terms, then the more, the, the finer detail of like how do you cope and what's going to happen and the pacing of the labour, of course, that all still needs to be dealt with. But first of all, it's that reality check, that, like, you're right, you are, you are the one doing this. So I suppose the doula, yeah, is, a, is, is um, I, a, one way to, I heard a nice description, was a path shower, like a path shower. You know, like a path... That's path, nice. Path like, yeah, it sounds like a suit, yeah, like a soothsayer, but it's not nothing like that, but it sounds similar. Yeah, like, it's like, I know the way, you have got to do, you know, another one people say is like a Sherpa, where we know the route through the mountains, but you're doing the more, you're doing the walk, but we're, we know the glitch. And we're here to guide you as well, we're here to sort of, hmm. I so wish, it was one of my biggest regrets that I didn't have a doula by my side when I gave labour, and everyone said to me, you don't need a doula, you go out with a bird, it's the same thing. And um, it wasn't the same thing because no. actually, uh, regardless of the sex of your partner, when it comes to something quite big, like, you know, going into labour and, and things going, starting to go wrong, partners tend to do the same thing, which is go into sort of, you know, silent retreat, widen their eyes and turn a, a lighter shade of um, puce. So... <laughs> I no, it's true. It's confidence. It's about confidence. So I bring confidence and I think, and how does, how do I do that? I do it because I've seen it well, through my own birth, but also hundreds of births. So as a result, I'm standing for the normality of it. I mean, I think the thing that, um, to go back to the mystery thing and why it's such a mystery, is if you think about it, that is absolutely ridiculous, given we're all born and given, you know, most women, well, I don't know the actual stat, but, you know, most women will, will may expect to have a baby. Certainly birth is ubiquitous, you know. So, so therefore, why is it this kind of strange mystery in a sense so and why is it growingly become that in the in particular in the 21st century crazy time you know in, we were informed about everything else i always say people look on like you know you know what those review restaurant reviews more than they do about the realities of birth and it's it's like we've got all this information at our fingertips except about this very simple thing and death and birth stimuli people don't really know much about it not not in the real sense just you know I mean mm. so it's that it's 
once you demystified it, it goes, but what you just said, I do understand, Anna, but when you said about, you know, why you would assume a loving partner would be enough. I mean, I, I did that first time as well. I didn't have a doula for, uh, till the second time. I also didn't like the idea of a stranger being, it felt a bit strange, isn't it? Why would you have a stranger at an intimate event? But I think it comes, I don't think we realise how nest, it's so deep, wide, huge, the feelings are so enormous, what you're going through, and they're so easy to, to turn into normal with somebody who's bit, who knows what's going on. But they're so easily turned into something shocking with people who are looking a bit shocked you know in fact actually I think we should I've been I've long held every lots of mothers haven't um I have like in my head like a library of birth stories birth experiences things I've you know I've learned obviously every mother brings a new learning to me and you Pascal brought something I I use you in my birth preparation now Yeah. Wait, what sense? Yeah. So what do you mean? Oh, okay, so I need to. I thought, how could I cons- say this concisely? So you probably haven't shared this. Maybe, so maybe you weren't even aware of it yourself. But it was massive for me. So you phoned up and you said something along the lines of, "Oh, well, this is really hard," or something like this, or uh, "Or this, <laughs> this is harder than I thought," and I don't think I'm ready to go in. But even if this is the early stages, oh my goodness me, does it? So there was doubt. Right? Yeah. And then I tried to relax you. We did a bit of breathing, but I could tell it hadn't really cut it, right? And you and you and you we were sort of tussling a bit. Anyway, you put the phone down and then you phoned me five minutes later and you said, I get it, I get it. I mean, don't you do that? I mean, you were literally extraordinary. I use this story, I act it out actually. I act it out in my Oh, head. I love that, Natalie. And you and you went, I get it, I get it. I've got to not manage it now. Yeah. And two words were key, manage and now. And I've been thinking about it today in readiness for this. Now, here's the trick of birth. It's mother nature asks a flipping lot. That's what's so awful. About it. The initial stage is what I call the baby having ideas phase, does require a sense of oneself slightly managing it, right? Because it could go on for a long, long time. So there is part, of, you know, that one's, you know, Natalie self, Pascal self, whatever you, that, that part of you is still cognitively running the show and therefore staying calm breathing deeply going about the day being normal and then as the body starts to pick take over there's this transitional point where there's a uh, the phrase and forgive me my getting a bit um wordy but i thought it's tensional opposition so there's a tension sets up where the body is grappling with the mind right and saying me now I'm running this now I'm running this and the mind is still going hang on I've been doing really well breathing let me run it let me run it and then the brain and the mind and then what you were saying in that in in that moment was oh I don't I don't run this anymore then it'll be easier yeah you don't and I remember saying to you yes and that's all I had to say to you is yes your body has reached the point where it wants to do it and it will be yeah and you went oh all right then and you went all right then and you went and had the baby. No one had, had a flag, GNC. Yeah, it, I do remember very clearly you sort of saying you have to unlearn what you know, you know, because obviously you go to prepare, you ha- go to NCT classes or bumping baby or hypnobirthing, whatever it is you choose to do to prepare. And then I remember you sort of saying, don't time your contractions. Don't think about it. You know, you have to be more intuitive. And I think for a lot of women, it's very, very difficult to let go of that. And I, I don't know whether it's a laziness or I don't know whether it's the fact that I'm just like, well, fuck it, it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> this is really painful, but hopefully 
let's go for short and sharp. So no, you're right. I mean, I do remember, I do remember the conversation clearly. Mm. Because yeah, preparation, it's hard with preparation, isn't it? I mean, Shirley, you did a quite a bit of preparation, didn't you? I did a lot of preparation. I did everything, you know, textbook and the hypnobirthing and, and everything like that. And I think what threw me was thinking I was ready and perhaps I wasn't going and everything was very calm at home. I was doing a sort of thousand thousand piece um, jigsaw puzzle and candles were lit as, as they, they told me to do. My bag was packed and I thought, actually, it's getting get. And I listened to the timing. I timed them. I go, yeah, they're strong and they're coming quickly now. We should get we should get a giddy up. And it was quite a way to the hospitals, had to get a cab. And I was on all fours and I was in a lot of pain. And when they checked me, when I got in there, they said, you're only a centimetre. And so go back home. I said, I can't stand. How can I go back home? And I wasn't close to the hospital. And they said, well, you, you can loiter in the corridors or in the, in the fire escape up, up and down the stairs. So I did that for a while. And then I was just getting in people's way and just people were just going up and down, just staring at me. And then bright lights and everything that you're not supposed to do, you know, find a dark corner, go, be quiet. There was a guy with a broom who just kept on coming and finding me to look. And I remember just shouting him, what the F are you looking at? My partner got really embarrassed of me and said, don't speak to people like that. And I was just like, what the fuck are you saying? You know, it was just, it couldn't have been, it couldn't have gone any worse. It just was so long before I got um, a room by which time, you know, my waters broke, there was meconium. It was just disaster after disaster. But I think- It was it, traumatic. It was traumatic. I went into, I went into yeah. panic quite quickly. Anyway, I won't go into further detail, Natalie, but the point is I prepared. I couldn't have prepared any more. I couldn't have thrown any more money at the situation and it was absolutely disastrous. So much to say about that. <laughs> what breaks my heart, and it really does break my heart, because obviously, as a doula, we meet a lot of people second time for whom have had a traumatic first experience. Mothers always, well, pet, you know, uh, they, they always take it on themselves as, as if somehow. Even you said something interesting. You said, what "Did you say as if as if it was your fault? You were panicking, sort of thing, you know." As and, and you know, as if somehow you couldn't keep a handle on it in that situation, which is absolutely ludicrous. I mean, actually, every single thing you did was utterly appropriate, whether it was swearing, getting angry, including all the adrenaline that was now causing for your body, sadly. Uh, and yet, of course, when it catches out at the end, it's a bit like, oh, how did I get that wrong? What did I do? You know, going right back to the one centimetre thing. OK, this is another part of the mystery thing. Uh, one of the problems I find is that we... Our culture now about everything, whether it's God, all health, all things health. I, I mean, so many things that we outsource ourselves, right? And we and we sort of bypass our body. Our what? Get an expert. Tell me what to do. Blah, blah, blah. Now, actually, and as you said, Pascal, women are not. We're not like used to trusting ourselves, and we're also used to being in control. Now, actually, your instinct to go in sounds really accurate to me if you were having big strong contractions you didn't get it wrong what was wrong was the blimp somebody putting their fingers up and checking with the you know you can't measure it's, I, I know it's a bit graphic but i think i probably said this to you because you know, yeah how long an erection would last if you took a ruler to it <laughs> you know it's like absolutely ridiculous to think yeah. you can tell someone they're one centimeter and not expect them to then experience performance pressure and then experience adrenaline and the hormone need is the entire opposite. So, but my sense is, if you were having really strong contractions, is that is that you probably this might be hard to hear. Actually, I'm sorry if it is, but probably you were 
I always trust the mother first. And if she was, if you were in a deep, strong place, you were progressing a pace. But then, of course, what happens is a self-fulfilling prophecy because the one centimetre now does seem to be one centimetre because now your oxytocin, the hormone driving the labour, starts to plummet and plummet and plummet. And what replaces it is adrenaline, adrenaline, adrenaline. Mm. Essentially, I'll give you one word, you were not safe. And there isn't a mammal in on the planet, you know, you think you're you're a cognitive being a lion couldn't give birth like that or a cat a horse a dog you know they, they would never be able to give birth stimulated as you were and yet somehow we've come to kind of the, that kind of shit show was like is like, oh that's normal and, and in a way you've had to take that on and go oh did i get that wrong going in too early so no you didn't all you were seeking was a safe place and that was normal and it by the intensity of what it sounds like i always say that the, the dilation score is not already met is not a good measure it's the it's the most blunt instrument yeah. you ever have and so you don't really you can't go by that if you were going by pressure in your in your, in your backside or that, that's big time and i've i was with a woman um uh, low between all the time one two centimeters baby an hour later but the the problem is is that no one's listening to them we've outsourced our We've outsourced our confidence because the people mm. who are now telling us what we're feeling, we believe them, <laughs> you know, and like, and I'm not knocking midwives. It's not therefore it's system based failure. It's like a, the system, the system manages and monitors the, the trajectory of the birth. And that in itself puts you in your brain in your thinking brain instead of your body, the way we were just saying, you can't drop into the stuff we just said with Pascal, where she, where you, well, I can remember actually Pascal when you said, oh, I get it. And you said, you mean like this? I think you even act, you, you mean like this? Oh, rather than, <laughs> rather than, rather than a sort of controlled level, deep breath. You mean, and you said something like, you mean like this? Oh. <laughs> just let it go let it go let it go that's you my training make... my clown school training is this all deep it's deep in the bassin bassin is deep in the pelvis yeah it must be because yeah i just remember thinking this is really savage and you feel very feral and it's so animalistic but there's nothing you can do you can't do but the, here's the thing about oppositional tension if you had done that too early that can be a disaster as well so if you, if you sometimes people go off into a you know try to kind of get in the zone right and I would say that was a that that thing that you said. I've oh, got my candles burning. Do you know when you said that? I, that's my one problem. I love hypnobirthing; it's an amazing tool. But I think a lot of antenatal education can kind of choreograph and create a set for the birth, and and the set itself, of course, it's like it's like stage. It's like tr telling you to relax. You know, you've got to just feel it rather than mm. imagining what you should be feeling. And we know that in our hearts, we know that you can't fake a, a good co a conversation you can't fake sex you can't fake sleep you have to wait till the feeling comes so even the natural birth lobby have a way of kind of slightly we outsource it to them we outsource it it's, it's, it but actually all the the trick is is come into your body as cleanly and as clearly as you do any other truly physical act you know we can't make somebody else sleep for us we can't make somebody else have a poo for us you know it's the same yeah. You, you only you can do that bit and when women understand that custodianship they the confidence goes to the roof and now they're like out of my way they're like terminated they're like they're like i'm on it and and then they don't and then they might even be in a horrible corridor like you were but they're a bit sort of 
to take no prisoners about it. Do you know what I mean? Whereas you were vulnerable and unsafe, and then and then the more fearful you were, of course, it cashed out as what they call failure to progress. Probably does it because you can't get there because you basically it creates an underpowered situation. I use the word underpowered, so you were left underpowered by your environment, not by your body. So, so what what you needed to be was increasing into a fully powered state by you know. You know, when we go to bed, I said, and I came to Pascal to teach her, like, it's the part of the brain that runs bird runs sleep. So you wouldn't try to go to sleep in Tesco's, you know. So you go, you, you, you would go to a dark, private, familiar space. I know you knew that about the darkness, but you sort of can't go there too early, right? So first of all, mm. you do normal, 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 and you distract and you let your brain run it. And then as that, I call it, pick, let your, pick up the current of your body. Your body is a kind of current, if you like, a river flowing. And you're not, you have to kind of wait and wend your way to it. And then eventually the current is so strong and like a stick dropping in over a bridge, you then, you pick it up and that, and then you're like off and then no one can disturb you. But the problem about some natural birth preparation and of course the hospital itself, doesn't matter whether it's in the medical model or the natural model, none of it is really listening to you or it's not really about you and your baby but if you literally i give you a really good way of trait of, pre of preparing now which is really useful for second time mothers and i think you wanted to know about feedbacks and stuff so but who would you trust with your children now if they were hanging off a climbing frame right and they look like they're about to fall who would be the one that would like run and instinctively like a fierce primal instinct to catch them if they were dropping it would be you wouldn't it? if they're falling off their bike you would know how to do that bang instinctively more than even you know partners it's like a fire to protect them and make them safe that bit is there in pregnancy if we connect to it you know you know you if you listen to your baby they will tell you instructionally what to do from positions to to, to, do I need a drink do I want to be leaning on force do I want to sit on the loo do I even want to go to hospital yet whatever Instead, the messages that we let in over they drown out the conversation with our baby. And I think that's what leaves women so aghast after and traumatized is because they kind of deep down there's a knowledge that you, it'd be like your child's in danger, you know, you, you feel like you want to listen to the child because they're they're going, Mum, 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 and no one's letting you. So when you were screaming at that man with the broom, absolutely you were. You should you needed to be because she's disturbing the conversation between you and your baby. It's really interesting, interesting all this isn't it it's Very so interesting. interesting because you know I wanted to know your opinion I mean I sort of know the answer but you know in terms of having an uncomplicated I don't mean easy but I mean uncomplicated um you know no intervention birth how much of it do you think is down to relaxed attitude frame of mind okay well if you just look at statistically there's a, a, a there's a brilliant midwife called Kemi Johnson who who, who had a lovely sentence that she threw out a couple of years ago and it's ended up coming back to her as a meme a thousand minutes like, all around the world and it's hang on i've got to get it straight hang on so birth should be or is a natural event that occasionally becomes medicalized should, mm. should yeah rather than a medical event that occasionally happens naturally right that's so it, that way round is what it should be mm. and she reminds us that and all birth workers do because we see it is you have to remember that for thousands and thousands of years, healthy healthy pregnancy, and we need to say healthy, healthy pregnancy, completed, fulfilled, however you want to say it, expressed itself, it came to a conclusion all by itself, you know, in, in total health for, for thousands, thousands of years, right? Now, that doesn't mean, then people always say to me, oh, but babies died, mothers died. 
historically, if you start looking back, it's not, this isn't probably not the place to get into the birth history, but actually they were usually, if there were complications, mostly it's for other reasons. You know, birth, labour as a process is, it's a, a by default natural physical function, right? So it hasn't, it isn't injurious to the mother and it isn't injurious to the baby as a function, but it can become like that in a, in a small number of cases. And if you, I, I often ask farmers, whenever I go to farms or vets or anyone I meet with animals, I always ask them, you know, what's your margin of error? You know, like, when do you get a vet out? And it's the same as us, actually, technically, it's about 10% of a flock will have him going down in his rubber boots and about 1% of his flock, he'll need actually the vet. And if you go back to 1950s Britain, which is the only the last time we had those stats, it's the same. We had 93% of women had entirely normal, unnatural in the way you're saying, and about was 1% cesarean rate, and a GP might have come around to the house for the, for the other 8%, 9%. So what were they doing? Going back to what you said about relaxed, I mm. feel this is a pressure... I think women feel, oh, I've got to be really, well, two things. They think they've got to be strong. They think, uh, let's go more. They think they've got to be strong. They think they've got to be fit. And they think they've got to be brave. And they think they've got to be relaxed. It's quite a tall order, isn't it? Because a lot of us are neurotic. (laughs) I'm really, I mean, I'm a really stressy person, right? I also hate pain. So I am your least likely candidate to have a natural birth, which is why I went into this work. Because I knew when I had a really easy birth, I knew it wasn't me and I knew it wasn't because I was relaxed because I'm not a relaxed person. I'm mad, you know, like, and, and, and I knew if I, so I didn't relax. I just trusted myself and you have to give birth as yourself. I mean, you can't, you know I mean, you can't, what if you aren't a relaxed person? What you have to trust is that your body isn't, sorry, mother nature or evolution or whatever we want to call it is not relying on Sarah, Catherine, Natalie, Kate, you know, to be a certain way. Evolution is bigger than that. I mean, bio, you know, evolutionary biology has got a bigger template than that, you know, that you've gone to your classes. You know, the baby's going to come out whether you like it or not. Yeah. The problem is that we don't get taught that. And then in our co- competitive, sort of competitive culture, but that sense of probably sounds like Joanna felt like you, I've got to get this right. I've got to prepare my mind. I've got to prepare myself. I've got to be relaxed. And then I'll get a good birth. But that's, that's too, you know, nature isn't concerned about that all you have to do is remember that if you are here that means you are the latest in the line of thousands you know many 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 foremothers and the fact that you're here means it works Mm. maybe in the last 80 years you might have had a couple of mothers or grandmothers that might have needed help but what about 200,000 years worth before that you know it, it does by and large work now I'm not one to say Oh, natural birth, just burn some candles and relax. It'll all be fine. Because it isn't. I've had quite a few complicated ones recently, for example. Because sometimes, yeah, position makes a difference. It sounds like, Johnny, you're a back-to-back baby. It's not always easy. You need extra support. Um, it, you can get cracking back. You know, there are different things that can make it harder and longer. So what my goal is to make, you know, you said that Pascal just now, you said I want to make it short and sharp. I mean, I'm into yeah. efficiency. Create... When I say about underpowered, you want to power the mother up to make it as efficient as possible because it is hard. Birth is really hard. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not, I think the phrases like gentle birth and blow the baby, breathe the baby out. I mean, these things exist second time. And by the way, this, you will, you will be amazed at how much easier it is second time. 
even, but, even, you know. Won't even notice, might just slip out in the fan. But the thing is, what I'm saying is, how do you how do you get the baby in the right position? How do you know the baby's in the wrong position? All these things, how do you know? Because you don't, it's not, again, it's, you're, we're still thinking there, your, your phrasing there is still with our self, if you like, with our, yeah, the word ego. But actually, it, it all falls into place pretty much if you understand how the biology works. So first of all, you get out of the way, like we just said, and you remember that the birth is a template. You don't worry too much about being in this way or that way. You don't preempt anything, right? You listen with every fibre of your being. And if it allows you to go and boil an egg and sit and watch telly, you do. And if you can go for a walk, you do. And if you want to lie down with a hot water bottle, you do. You just listen, listen, listen. Key to that, because your body will drive you to it, is privacy. In fact, I've come up with a new word today. I'm going to call it awarenessness, right? So it's not, what is the key? Why is privacy amazing for birth? Because when we're on our own, but in a safe way alone, so somebody's in the vicinity that's keeping an eye on us, we become aware, we're not aware of ourselves, we let go to ourselves, right? As soon as we're aware, not aware, the hormones start to soar. When the hormone starts to soar, it's like rocket fuel. Then even a malpositioned baby will be nudged into position. But what happens, as probably happened to you, Joanna, is that you, you, you don't get the power of the contractions, it doesn't build up to the to the critical point where it can drive the baby down and through in the way it needs to. So even a baby that's got its chin up or its ear to its shoulder, and that can create very erratic patterns of contractions that don't get you anywhere. In, in a home birth situation where, or, or even in a hospital situation where the mother's given great safety and privacy, her hormones will get the job done. That's why you have those those rates. What were ha what was happening in in the fifties? You know, what about Ina May Gaskin in America as a one percent cesarean rate? What's she doing? What what am I doing? We've got a ninety percent normality rate, and currently in this country, it's like one in two chance of an emergency outcome. So what are we doing? We're not doing anything. I'm not sort of sort of magic. It's just because we give them the privacy, we protect them from stimulation, so their hormones get to a soaring point, so that they then that the, the, the hormones then create the muscular um, instruction to get the baby out. Mm. And, and it will readjust the baby. I mean, it turns the baby, it, it, it will nudge. I mean, not always. And of course, there is a, sometimes it doesn't work. And that's where cesareans are the best thing in the world. Shelley and I were discussing before you came on, actually, and we were saying, because I, you know, there are a lot of hospitals now that use intervention very quickly and i think it's to do with litigation i think you know there's a reason why certain hospitals like to put you under the knife as soon as they you know the baby stops you know whatever whatever they will do it very very quickly why do you think that is i mean shirley do you want to expand on that before natalie answers no it, it's it's just something that was actually my, uh, my 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 partner just asked okay have you got any questions for the doula and she said if if things like induction uh, you know, inducing a woman once, you know, she's gone past 40 weeks or whatever is seen, it is like anecdotally such a terrible thing and, you know, usually progresses to a traumatic experience or indeed an emergency C-section. Why are the NHS so set upon inducing? Because we look to them for, for guidance, we, we put our trust in them. So you always hear 
of a, a friend saying, oh my gosh, they want to induce me. And all yeah. the women will go, no, 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 you can't, you can't. They go, but they're trying and they won't, they won't take no for an answer. Well, just say, and it's just, it seems that sort of the naturopath route all say no to induction, but the, um, the medical route all say yes to induction. Why is there that discrepancy? Uh, I mean, it's getting a bit political, but you're, on, you're, you're right, Pascal. I mean, essentially, you have to look at it. They don't want to get sued. The hospitals do not want to get sued. Yeah, it's about money. Effectively, no, but I would say it's got worse in the last five years and it's really soared. I mean, even in the last year and a half, it's gone from, get this, you ready, you ready, you ready? Yeah. 20 to 30%. Can you imagine if there was any other health issue in this country? Say they said heart attacks have gone up by 10%. It would be like headline news. It's gone up from 20 to 32%, in some areas, 40%, right? So this is getting crazy levels now. Now, there's another aspect to this that I don't think... We Sorry, can... what's gone up? Um, what's gone up? Induction. Induction, OK. I know for sure that the risk... There are private risk assessors in certain hospitals in the country already from America. So if you've got private private risk assessment going on, you're then going to say, well, you can't have that 40-year-old woman... You know, and then you, they just want everybody, as you say, neatly and tidily in a nice box. Now, that then you could ask, you argue, well, hang on, that's more risk because they're all having caesareans. It's much more risky to have a medical outcome than it is a natural outcome. But the reason that when I've asked them that, doctors, because they don't mean that they're, they're, they don't kind of on the ground know that they're sort of increasing. It's just hard to explain. They don't realise the system is so set up to fail women like that. They just don't, it's, it's nobody being cynically you know interrupting of it do you know what i mean okay, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a system failure but one thing they'll I've, I've heard i have heard point blank and i can report this i said but why when you know that you're saying to the woman and this is something i really want listeners to hear actually most people are induced for oh we're worried about your placenta oh you've gone overdue and we're worried about the baby doing this yeah, the, the baby won't be supplied with its nutrients or oxygen yeah well, okay, in that case, to add in a drip at that point on what they are claiming to be is a failing presenter, the very last thing you do is overtax it with a drug that will work the womb like bellows. Yeah. It's a very dangerous thing to do. So then they get that usually flaws. If you then the mother goes back and says, Well, why would I add in extra risk? That then they go they get a bit stumped then because They've been outed, right? And when I've actually said to a doctor, well, why do you do that, given it's obviously increasing the risk much more, you've got much more chance of a postpartum hemorrhage with induction than a natural birth. Now, you can go and look at that in the Royal College of Obstetricians. It's there. And when you say, well, why do you? Why don't you just have a cesarean, which is much safer, by the way, for everybody. If you really are feeling your baby's at risk, then the cesarean's the way. Um, they say to this, they say, because we can manage that risk. And that's the thing women are unaware of. There's a phrase in birth world, which is you don't know what you don't know. So do you see what I mean? So the mother doesn't know that the reason they're prepared to send you down a pathway that's pretty much the odds are stacked against you is because they know they can control the outcome. The very, 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 very greatest likelihood is that mother and baby will come out and survive. How they do that is another question altogether but they will survive and so say a baby goes into distress with the drip they would be able to in, in modern you know in a, in a western civilized healthcare system as we have be whisked down 
quickly get the baby out, no trouble. But nobody's factoring in how the mother will feel about that. And also, she hasn't been really warned of that. I think no. most people with an induction, they have what you said about that they're scared of it. But that's another sadness because I would say, don't be scared of induction. Take out the emotion, strip out the emotion, look at it objectively, and just people go, oh, it's much more painful and all this. Forget all that and just be really clear on, on the reason. Because if your baby is unwell, if your baby, if your body is not coping with the pregnancy anymore, the, the next question is, will induction make that any better? Or surely a cesarean is the best rate, route then. Or even an, a half induction where you might try, but only in a moderate way, like a few hours of breaking waters. But the point is, is to think into what they're trying to solve. I really hate the demonising of medical interventions because I'm all about... I don't like it when doulas are seen as part of, oh, you're the natural birth lot, and then the doctors are all about the medical. It's not like that. I'm, I am great friends with a lot of you know, good doctors, good midwives, because when they know their remit and I know my remit, and I don't think people understand that doctors don't know much about labour. They don't know much about normal labour. They know about obstructed labours and problems, mm. but we've created more problems by going to a setting that makes it hard and then they're needed more, do you see what I mean? So I don't yeah. think it's as cynical as, oh, money is worried about lawsuits. I, I think in Britain that they, they, they don't rush for a cesarean. They actually, what they rush to do is just to accelerate the labor. That's the sad thing. They rush, they rush to, to, to induce. Um, yeah. And actually I'm the first person to be saying, look, well, if you're going down that track, you might as well have a cesarean. Um, but you have to be sure there is good medical reason. And what the, this comes to what you just said is, why is it that women don't know what is a good medical reason? That That is another podcast, because like in our gut, why are we handing over? Somebody only has to say to us, oh, your baby's at risk. But, but why not, you know, we'd check that out on TripAdvisor about a holiday, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just go, why not say, well, what do you mean my baby's at risk? Explain that to me then they'll have to give you evidence, written evidence. And once you start realising they haven't got an argument, and, and, and actually you have to kind of, you know, take participate in the, in the exchange and don't just say, oh, my baby's at risk. Okay, I better be induced. Do you see what I mean? It, it, it doesn't take many questions to start realising what, what, that you may be being industrially conveyor belt a bit you, know? yeah, you actually you need a lot of confidence don't you mm. you do need a lot of confidence because when you're when you do feel that vulnerable you want to be able to put your trust in the doctors at that time when you're just saying you know when they say your baby's at risk you just want to say do what you have to do just keep my baby alive you don't have time to go through the you know the paperwork they're not lying i mean i don't want to sort of paint some picture that doctors are kind of scurrilously leading women down and they're not doing that to their mind because they've become so birth has become so mechanized they probably they, they do they do think that birth of a pregnancy of 41 weeks is risky because to them naught point whatever risk is risky but that's not their risk to take or not take it's your risk to take or not take right yeah you wouldn't expect that about anything else in your life and that's where the lawsuit thing does come in but i'll give you an example that we had the birth this week and she it was a woman who had a previous very complicated first birth and she wanted to have a home birth um, and she had a big bleed in the first birth. Of course, she had a big bleed because she was very because they'd made it long and drawn out and harder than pushing for three hours and all that. 
So she went to see a consultant and then she said, I really don't think you should be having this home birth because you could bleed. And she decided to carry on and sort of take, and on the basis that with a short, efficient labour, she had less chance of bleeding anyway, mm. and they would have the drugs. They always have the drugs they need at home birth anyway. And then I said something to her, I realised I'd not thought of it before. I said, you realise that a doctor is unlikely to have ever seen a birth that doesn't bleed. Now, let's just think of that for a second. Imagine, imagine this is a person you're taking advice from and they will have never seen a bloodless birth they, because, because they're only there with episiotomies and forceps. And, you know, mm -hmm. and where, where, so as a result, is it any wonder they poor things are fearful? I mean, I, I, they are underconfident themselves. So for this person to imagine, he, he, will, he had never seen a home birth. He would never have seen a clear water in a pool with a woman pushing a baby out and the water's like Evian. I've always heard it's like soup, Natalie. That's, that's, the, that's what Claret. I've what happened to the lady that gave birth at home? So that oh. was on Saturday night. So I got. She's I, still in labour. No, yeah. No, no, no. She got. So it was, it was my husband's birthday, actually. So I was a bit. Oh. I, and I was like, my, I've got a doula partner now. And we're very. We're like, we're like a sort of um, NYPD. I always laugh. We're like a sort of. We're too young to remember Cagney. Like a double out. Oh, Cagney and Lacey. Cagney and Lacey. Cagney and Lacey. So we sort of sort of got our coffee on the dash, you know, it's a bit like that. And I usually go and stalk outside and I'm a bit, I'm a bit over eager and that can ruin things. I can be as, I can be as over, you know, she says, she says, stop. If she didn't want to, she didn't want to. She's not ready. I said, okay, so she'd go to bed. So I went to bed. So she, all she'd been having at that point was what we would call cramp waves, right? I, I downplay them. Don't call them contractions. La, 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 la. Put your fingers in your ears, call them cramp waves. So she's having some cramp waves. She said, I think I'm fine. So I didn't do my stalker outside NYPD blue thing. I just didn't go. I have been known to sleep in cars. And um, I went to bed, got a call. So that got called quarter to four. She said, actually, can you come? Went straight round. She was already, I always like people to have what I call a soft play centre at the end of their bed. So she'd throw layers and layers and layers of sort of, you know, old duvets, towels, all at the end of her bed. And she was utterly silent. And I was like, oh, this is probably still early days. But her, her husband was pressing her back. And I thought, oh, is he doing this too early? And it, this is where I was reminded of you, Pascal, because it was a relive of this, what we just said. So I didn't do anything. I laid on the floor. Didn't look like I did anything necessary. But I thought, oh, are they doing this too soon? And she was using the Blimmin app which I have to say I'm not a fan of contraction apps, right? Because they get they, they work initially in the way we said, where you're managing it and you're distracting yourself. That works. But once your body is insisting on taking over, they start to stress you out because you're trying to control it. So she was going... Like that, right? Like a deflating balloon or something. Yeah. yeah. And then she said this. She went, I can't do this. I don't think you understand. I can't do this. It's too much. I thought, oh, she's really is in a bigger place than I thought. And I went, well, just, just let, just let it go. Just put that app away. Just feel it. Just let it go. What do you want to do? Next contraction. Ah! Sorry, <laughs> that's really loud. Sorry, but I need to hear that on the podcast. How loud it is. She went moo. Right. Midwife arrived actually just at that point because they'd already called her. 20 minutes later, baby. Born wow. in an hour. 
Amazing. Second baby. No blood, no tearing, no stitches. Toast and tea. Granny an hour, door to door, door not an hour. Door to door. No, 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 but an hour of what I would call... Yeah. Active. Biggie, biggie, boofy ones. I mean, she'd yeah. been doing. She'd been going since eleven, hadn't she? When I decided not yeah. to go. But what was that? That was like hot water bottle in bed and some lavender. But what when we're talking about that big old takeover of the body, the current is powering through. But she was still trying to manage it, and was making it more painful. It was making it because why is it painful? Because you're holding it. Mm. You, you know, she, she, and and actually, when I just said, I, it's a bit. I wouldn't have said something as annoying as let go because that's really annoying but it was I can't remember what he said it's like just feel it just feel it don't I tell you a good word of uh, a good birth colleague you said don't trap the breath don't manage the breath don't try to um I, I wrote it down actually sort of uh, don't brace it's not brace brace you know is she was bracing for them she's like I'm managing this I can deal with this I'm doing good breathing like the app told me to you know that works for a bit, but once you need to get wild with it, get wild with it, and the body will thank you. And on that baby came, and 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 there was two pushes. It just went dump, 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 and it, you know, and the dad caught it. It's wow. a yeah, it was lovely. Um, so, and that was that was a traumatic. She had a pretty traumatic first birth with lots of bleeding, and that and this is there was no bleeding. And it's interesting because she could have gone, you know, and I, I understand why that doctor advised that, but you have to remember they're coming from a very, um, mm. sub ironically, we trust their objectivity, but they're coming from a very subjective place. But you can't blame them, really. Yeah, top dogs only get called in in an emergency, of course. Absolute, you know, horror show. London dungeons, as you would say, Shirley. It's amazing, though, isn't it? It's no, so I've got, I've got, listen, I could, I, I need to book a one to one with you, um, Natalie, because I've got so many questions and I could listen to you all night and I would never tell you to wind the bobbin up. Um, <laughs> and um, sadly, we, we have come to the end of our session. And if, say, if someone listening wants to get in touch with a doula like yourself or another doula, a reputable doula, how do they go about doing that? Um, there's, there are two, there's a main overarching kind of body called doula uk and you can find a doula on there and there's also find a doula it's called find a doula and that's a good site as well um also word of mouth good i think because yeah. and also also always remember to sort of meet or chat to well not meet but certainly chat to three or four and get a feeling on the phone and then maybe meet two because you know not there isn't everybody's i mean i'm definitely not for everybody and you know, and somebody else will be right for somebody. And it's very personal. And we're all very well trained at not taking it personally. You know, it has to be that what, what going back to what we said at the beginning, the mother has to feel safe. Mm. She has to feel safe. And that safety is provided with, you know, some people really love, you know, one you know, type of, it's, it's not that the dude is arriving with their personality, actually. It's not that, but there is a different feeling. You know, you get a feeling, don't you? So, sure. so you have to seek it out. Yeah. So those are the two sites. Yeah. And that's amazing. And like we had loads of questions, but you completely answered them, I feel, don't you, Shirley? Yeah. I feel completely, I feel, I feel armed with all the goods now. <laughs> I'm gonna get the paddling pool out, Natalie. <laughs> when are these babies due? When mine's they... due in seven weeks. <gasps> and mine's oh, in November, so we're a, a tax quarter apart this time. I need a little refresh. A little, yeah. re little refresh. refresh. Oh, it's so lovely. Most people don't let me ramble like this, so I'm really 
Oh, it's, it's no, so it's lovely all good to stuff. hear you. It's great stuff. It's gold. Thank you so much. We've lapped it up. We have, we have. And then we're going to go and compare notes now. So yeah. massive thank you to Natalie. Keep going and doing your Huge. great work. And believe me when I say I will be in touch. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thank Bye. You. Bye. <laughs> Wow, a lot of food for thought. She's my kind of woman. I think are you gonna you're gonna have to go tete a tete, aren't you? One I will have to go for a one on one, and I'm afraid the winning panel will have to shut out on this occasion. Who she is going to have? And do you think that Natalie's changed her mind between going under the knife and going through yeah, the, the um, mama route? I, flip, I, I just change it. It's like um, it's, my, it's like my sexuality. You know, change my mind every five minutes. Now up and down I, like Paul's draws. Yeah, it's just. It's just the, uh, the bolts coming off the cupboard doors. But I just, I was, before listening to her, definitely going to go onto the knife, scheduled C. A yeah, sexy now. C, as you put it. And now I'm thinking, I can do this. Mama hole. You're thinking mama hole. I think, I think mama can do this. She can bring it home. But um, let's see. But that, that's let's see. really Give interesting. Give her a call. Yeah, she is absolutely fantastic. I'm so thrilled that she came on. And um, ladies and gents, those who identify as other, get in contact and you know i i yeah as i said i had two consultations and a, a wonderful yoga sort of workshop and um she really put me in the right frame of mind spiritually emotionally mentally physically no it really i mean money back guarantee i think there is i mean Shirley's yeah. just slipped straight out and straight slop straight into the pan slop straight into the pan thank you so much mother funkers um thank we you. will be back do, do, very 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 are you gonna soon give us a quick winner winner or not really should we just not do those winner winner has been the weather um dead dark is now the weather you brilliant uh winner winner i've got an acupuncturist i now see um so the dead let me start with the dead dark dead dark i've been having these horrendous 24 7 headaches and i don't know whether it's the pregnancy whether it's uh the vaccine because it's been since the vaccine uh or whether i'm just weather. getting old uh, the weather the change in weather mm. sure that that comes under vestibular whether it's anything to do with that whatever the weather it's been hideous so i now see an acupuncturist he sticks needles into me very early on a monday morning and very late at night on a thursday and, and uh, whoever really paid for that thank my, you very um, much thank you very much thank you very much and yeah that's all i'll let you let know us know goes. shirley thank you so much thank you so much mother funkers mabel productions and huge thank, thank, thank you thank you to Mother Funk with Shirley and Shirley, otherwise known as Joanna Carolan and Pascal Wilson, produced by Mabel Productions. Tune in and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.